Welcome to another episode of CU Lead, sponsored by NetGiver, the app and platform that enables donors and nonprofits to give and receive on a no-fee basis. On this podcast, we feature credit union industry executives and the impacts they make on communities everywhere. I am Glenn Frechette, and today I am joined by David Surface. David is the president and CEO of St. Jean's in Lynn, Massachusetts. David, we've gotten to know each other just a little bit over the last couple of months. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. Oh, great to be here, and you know, it's it's always fun to talk about credit unions. It's been part of my life since 1980, so going on 43 years this year, and I, you know, I've enjoyed every single minute of it. I have, I have to say, I've I've seen a lot in 43 years. Where you say, boy, I never thought I'd see that. And, you know, so like any other business, there's been some some fantastic times with, you know, great rewards. And then there's been some challenges, too. We've gone through some, you know, economic crises, you know, increased delinquencies. and But we made our way through all that. Pandemics. I, it seems that my credit union has been through it all. It, at times, it feels like I've been there since 1910, but... <laughs> So we, we're the second oldest credit union in the country right now, active credit union. And it, it's, but it's always fun to talk about credit unions. And it's, it's something I'm very passionate about. Maybe we should start there with a projection of what you see to come, given the fact that you have 43 years of experience knowing that challenges have presented themselves. We always find our way through them. But there are a lot of nervous consumers, credit union executives, uh, of what may come here in the next six to 12 months? You know, it's important for us to be there for the membership. I think it, everybody's a little bit worried, you know, not just domestically, but internationally, I think, you know, and how does that affect us here, you know, in our, in the United States? Uh, you know, people are worried about their jobs. Uh, people are worried about higher, possibly higher interest rates. What about funding, you know, monthly funding for their, for their homes and, you know, the winter's coming, we're, you know, I am Northeast-based, you know, fuel costs are skyrocketing and, you know, with additional things going on up, up abroad, you know, could push those numbers even higher. So we have to be there for our members. I think at times like this, you have to stretch things a little bit, you know, you have your conventional, you know, numbers for loan approvals and I think we have to take a look at really maybe pushing those those limits a little bit in order to help people out of, an, of a situation. You know, it, it's it, it in some cases it's it's dire need, uh, and, and I think I think those I think some hard times are coming uh, over the next six to twelve months. Yeah, I, I don't think any other executive uh, that I've talked to at least would disagree with any of the sentiments you shared. That's a perfect segue into talking about the fact that there are organizations that need us to step up. Mm -hmm. uh, you happen to lead a credit union and you're responsible for serving the membership mm -hmm. in a responsible manner. But there are also community-based organizations that are in desperate need of help. Yep. Can you talk about how important it is for your credit union to be a leader in that respect? It's important for us to be a partner in the community. You know, there's multiple nonprofits as in any city, you know, and you know, even your local towns, there's plenty of nonprofits to, you know, to face situations, whether that's help people with drug abuse, whether it's helping people with food insecurity, 
you, you know, your credit union needs to be part of the community. And that, that's, that's how we've approached it. Our branch offices are located right in communities. You know, they see us as a, as a resource to be financially successful, but also to be successful in life, right? To get through, to not only just to better themselves, but to get through the status quo, right? You know, whether that's offering out a, a fuel loan to heat your apartment for the, there goes the Boston accent by, yeah, well, catch that apartment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's, there's ways that we can help, you know, continuing to provide support to the food banks and, you know, your local community college. You know, we have a community college in, in Mass where there's food, ins- food insecurity among students, where there's a food outlets for them. You know, we've supported those types of programs. You know, again, continuing to provide the, the you know, the dollars to help out those organizations to make a difference in the community because it's something that we all face, right? So it's not just somebody else's problem. And I, and I think and that's where the credit unions, and, and to a point, I, I know this is a credit union podcast, but some of the, the local banks have done done well in that area too. You got to give them credit, Absolutely. especially in our, you know, what a couple of communities that we're in, the banks step up big time too. So it's, it's, I think it's collectively all of us getting together to help out and, you know, get through this this rough period, but also to continue the support all the time. Well, David, something interesting that I just heard from you that has not been said by anyone to this point regarding a fuel loan is very real for those approaching the winter and nervous about what they have historically known to the increased cost. Right. Now, we, we, we tend to stay at the loan level at a, on a very macro basis to talk about mortgages, to talk about car loans right. or student loans. But but you go you go pretty micro and you do something like that. Yeah, it was popular, you know, previously. It hasn't been as popular now because I think people are coming in to take that, you know, two thousand dollar personal loan and, and using it for, for, for other you know, for expenses. So it does contribute to that. Sure. We do have you know, we specifically have a fuel loan, but it, 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 again, like I said, you offer it, you know, people know it's there just in case they really need it. Again, the, the, the conception are, are the, the products that ha- have changed over time. So maybe 15, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you could have a loan for a specific purpose, whereas now it's all kind of melded into one bucket called a personal loan. Right. So, and, and, you know, and then people have credit cards too. So, and, and, and let's not forget that some of those organizations offer fuel assistance too, you know, so... So it hasn't been as popular. We, we've done them in the past. It's still there if people want it, but it's more wrapped into, you know, I, I need $2,000 to get through, you know, get through the winter. You know, I, I don't see, you know, the larger banks popping up and saying, you know, we'll give you a $2,000 loan so that you can get through the winter. And you know, so it's admirable. So one of the things that you and I had talked about in a previous discussion, not as part of a podcast, but just in, in dialogue regarding NetGiver, you made mention of your employee base and people development. What I'd really love to hear from you is the leadership at the credit union is providing and ensuring that your employees are engaged in community philanthropic efforts. That's very real. We've tried to do the group, you know, more of a group effort type thing where we, you know, engage, for instance, you know, we could do local events where we try to get as many employees to those events. 
I've also asked all of my, in my senior team and employees to continue to do the work, you know, in any type of nonprofit, you know, when you have the time to do it, we want to know about it. You know, obviously we want to document that and, and try to contribute as many hours. You know, you can throw money at problems, right? But it doesn't always solve the problem, right? Right. They need support. They need help. And, you know, throughout our organization, there, there are numerous employees working with local nonprofits and helping out is the best way that they can. You know, we also have to understand that we want to make sure that our employees are taken care of also. You know, it's not just serving the nonprofits. We want to make sure that our employees are secure in their own, you know, in their own environment, right? Are you finding that the culture you've created around the importance of social responsibility has led to A, successful hires, and B, longevity of your employees? I think so, but I think it's the whole package too, right? I think it's making sure that the employees feel appreciated, you know, offering out, again, it doesn't, it, not everything boils down to the salary, right? It's, 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 that's important, obviously, right? Sure. But it's also important to be A, recognized, and B, be appreciated. And I, we've, you know, we've made it, obviously, making sure that we are saying thank you, great job, and following that up with some type of, you know, reward-based, you know, compensation. And, you know, just, just making the place, the workplace, tractable for people that, in the morning. So, you know, I always said I never wanted to be a CEO that led an organization where people get up in the morning and say, oh, I got to go to that place. I never wanted to be that guy. Yeah. And, and never wanted to, you know, be the leader of an organization in that case where people had to worry about, oh boy, got to go there today. And I've told people that. If you have to get up in the morning and say, oh boy, I got to go to that place today, then either I did something wrong or, you know, there's, there's another reason why. Right. I, I don't want to be that reason. <laughs> never wanted to run an organization like that. Well, stating the obvious here in terms of making a connection between how you described taking very good care of your membership and your employees, let's face it, that membership you have recognizes those associates that have been with you a long time, and they're better served as a result of very happy employees. Yeah, yeah it, it, it just, you know, permeates throughout the entire organization. No, and, and let's, uh, you know, let's be realistic, too. There's in points and times when people say, they have other things going on in their life, and oh, I got to go to work today. You know, I'm not saying it's all utopia, <laughs> you know, but, but, but it, again, I never wanted to have an organization, a lead an organization where, where that was the attitude of employees coming in. It's another area where we've recognized the needs of our own employees, right? I mean, during COVID, you know, daycare was shut down, and, you know, a lot of those, you know, you couldn't drop your kids off somewhere. So we've recognized that. And we, you know, obviously we worked from home for a long time, but bringing people back to work, it, it, you know, it's been, we've, we've recognized that, that our staff, our, our employees have gotten used to this now. And they've, they've got new schedules around a hybrid work schedule. I, I, I do feel for the frontline people where they, they were the bravest of, of all. They took the, you know, the brunt of everything right at the front line level and you have to appreciate the work that they did and we we had people we had some employees um long-term employees that said you know what i'm done I, you know I, i'm i'm done with this the stress level was very right. exactly you know where people just said you know what 
life's too short and I've, I've worked too hard. You know, I, I think it's time for me to, you know, to, to cash in and, you know, enjoy life for stitch. You know, not that they're not enjoying life with a credit union, but, you know, when you have to have, wear a mask and you have, you know, the screen in front of you and, you know, people, you're handing out uh, hand sanitizer, it can be very, very difficult on people's, you know, just wherewithal. Sure, Tajay. You may see a few boomerangs come back, those yeah. that were disenchanted and decided it was time to pause their life. Right. And there's value in that, right? There's value in the knowledge base because I think as a result of, of the pandemic, we, we and I think any most companies, you lose the institutional knowledge. You know, so it, there's nothing wrong with the boomerang bringing those people back because they do have, you know, the institutional knowledge to help out the younger, you know, uh, our, I shouldn't say younger, I say less experienced base of employees. And we, you know, I think our approach, we're a small organization. We, we're at 70 employees, so we're not obviously a, a huge credit union. But we try to bring in uh, individuals that we can grow, can grow with the organization. Uh, continue to give them good, you know, good solid training and knowledge. The the problem with that becomes there's only so much room to 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 move up, right, in the organization. And so sometimes I feel like we're tra- <laughs> we're training people to go off and work at the larger credit unions, <laughs> and so that's been a little bit of a challenge. And having the confidence that they want to stay with you because of what you've created culturally, right. Not to be cliche here, but there is that old adage, just giving people the tools and equipping them in such a way that they could leave you, but they elect not to. And, and you know, we, we've seen some of that. And, you know, I always tell, I always say, I, I would never be upset with anybody that left the credit union for a higher position. If they move a lateral move, that I haven't done my job as the leader. Because I haven't made it. You know, I wouldn't say comfortable enough, but enjoyable enough for that person. You know, the experience probably wasn't, the experience that they were getting wasn't at the level it should be. So I want to close here. There is something that I like to do with my guests. I want you to have the opportunity to plug something near, dear, and personal to you and your family. There are a lot of nonprofit organizations that the credit union supports, and we've talked a little bit about that today. But this, this goes on a bit of a deeper level than that. So I want to I be able to say it out loud so that our listeners can also research something important to you. Putting, you know, all of the, the organizations that I support, you know, not aside, but the one that I am really, really, really passionate about is uh, an organization called Inspire Arts and Music. We are a nonprofit that supports local percussion, teaching local percussion at the Boys and Girls Clubs, one in East Boston, Mass., one in Hyde Park, and one in Dorchester, Massachusetts. These are, you know, inner city organizations that we go into and provide music training for, at no cost to the students, you know, to, the, to the, the kids that are using the services at those Boys and Girls Clubs. So I'm very passionate about that. And of that also, we we are the parent company for one of the best drum and bugle corps in the country. Boston Crusaders is a near and dear to my heart, and I put a tremendous amount of time and effort into, you know, my own personal time into the organization that supports this group. We we have 
roughly 160 musicians each year that, you know, pretty much that turns over every two or three years. And this young group of young people, they learn a, a production that lasts about 11 minutes or so, and they do a drum corps international tour in the summer. And so we, I've met so many young students that have come through that program that I'm still in contact, contact with today. Or I've grown up and now I have families of their own. Yeah. And it's just so rewarding. Uh, you know, I, I got to say that the students are great and we're providing them, them music education also. And they really put their heart and soul into it. So anybody that's ever been in marching band, whether that's college, high school, middle school, you know, you, you, you take a look at what some of these drum corps are doing. And, and the cost of running that is very, very, very high. You know, we have 150 students plus staff. It's about 180 people touring the country from June until the middle of August. And the cost is astronomical to get them down the road. But, but most, like I said, going back to, if you've been in marching band, you probably know about drum corps and you say, wow, DCI, the elite of the elite marching arts uh, individuals and up to the age of 22, once they reach 22, they're out. They age out. They can't, you know, they can go off to do a, there's some senior drum bugle course they could join. But so that's, my wife and I are very passionate about this. And we, we've seen so many kids come through that, the organization that we're still in touch with today, that as a result of the training they got, have become very successful. I'm on the board on multiple committees, but it's, you know, I also involved in local politics, too. So when I get home, my wife's like, all right, what's on the docket for tonight? What meetings do you have tonight? We met uh, back in 1975, so so she was involved in the drum course, so wasn't I. And that's how we met. We've been together ever since. So but so I'm very passionate about you know, that organization. And amongst, amongst others, I you know, obviously, Boys and Girls Club in East Boston, where I was part of, I, I support them. And, and, you know, Mass Coalition for the Homeless. So there's a whole list of of organizations that the, not only the credit union supports, but our employees support. Also, CU Kids at Heart. I mean, I, I can't emphasize enough the work and the money that they're doing with children, you know, that they've raised to, to find a cure for Moya Moya disease. You know, it's been, you know, absolutely, the work has been absolutely fantastic. We're close to that organization as well, as you may imagine, through NetGiver. Uh, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It is, the, the support is immense and necessary sadly but necessary right well it's been a pleasure to talk okay so yeah. enjoy the rest of the time all right, all right. you too thank you pleasure to talk to you thank you thank you for joining us on this episode of cu lead brought to you by netgiver the no fee donation platform for donors and nonprofits. we hope you stay engaged stay inspired and continue leading with purpose until next time 